0: Hooray for Hollywood, starring Tom Johnson and hosted by Modern Times Magazine, the podcast featuring the backbone of the California film industry. And now, here's Tom. We welcome Joyce Bulafont to the Hooray for Hollywood podcast today. Joyce had a recurring role on the Mary Tyler Moore Show, a great, great show, for my mind, one of the best shows ever on TV. And she was Marie Slaughter, wife of newswriter, or I'm sorry, Marie Slaughter, wife of newswriter Murray Slaughter, played by Gavin McLeod on that show. She was a frequent panelist on such TV game shows as Chain Reaction, Match Game, and Password Plus. In addition, Joyce was a regular character or guested on dozens of TV shows from the nineteen sixties until now including the bill cosby show it's a man's world the bad news bears the real mccoy's that was a great one the virginian Flo, and Perry mason just to scratch the surface what many of you might not know is that joyce was the original choice for the role of carol brady on abc's the brady bunch a part that ultimately went to florence henderson we'll ask joyce a little bit about that too she attended high school in New Hope, Pennsylvania, graduating in the same class as her first husband, James MacArthur, son of legendary actress Helen Hayes and author Charles MacArthur, who many of you and her uh, husband, James, might re- you, many of you might remember him as Dano from the original Hawaii Five-O TV series starring Jack Lord as Steve McGarrett. Uh, Last year, Joyce published her memoirs entitled My Four Hollywood Husbands, a book about a lasting love that is woven through the fabric of the world of entertainment, alcoholism, illiteracy, harassment, codependency, and family. Joyce, welcome to the program. Well, thank you
1: so much.
0: Thank you for having me on. Oh, well, it's a pleasure. Uh, I just wanted to start off and 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 ask because you you're such a veteran of of TV and you you know your career extends back to Broadway and movies. When did you first catch the acting bug? What exactly was it that that made you want to oh, become my... an actor? <laughs> you
1: know, I was in foster homes as a little girl and i was very little but there were still children who were even younger than i i was about seven Mm -hmm. and i loved making up stories and kind of performing for the little ones and uh it may have started there it was kind of living in a make-believe world that made my world a little happier and i thought if i could bring other people into a make-believe world it would help them um, be happier.
0: Right. Wow. What was your first professional acting job? Was it a Broadway show, on uh, uh, or was it Summer Stock or the, uh, you know community it was, theater? It,
1: yeah, it was Summer Stock, and um, oh, it was, I remember the curtain opens. So I'm standing there singing "Poor Wandering One," and it was a play called "Foolish Notions." And I remember the ruffles on my dress were, were shaking so badly from being nervous. Imagine your first uh, real professional moment and you have to, the curtain open and you're singing. <laughs>
0: oh boy, oh boy.
1: I, I was 14 and I was working in the Summerstock Theater. I was the youngest apprentice there. But I did three
0: seasons, and that's how I got my equity card. Oh wow, the all-important uh, magical equity card! Geez, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, that's wh- right. What was the atmosphere like on the set of the Mary Tyler Moore show? I mean, that is absolutely—I consider that personally one of the top shows ever on TV. There's maybe I have a top five, and and Mary, the MTM is always up there. Uh, You know, you were a recurring role as Marie Slaughter for years on that show. What was it like?
1: Well, it was interesting because, of course, I was doing other shows at the time. I was doing the first Bill Cosby show, and Mm -hmm. I was doing my own show, Love Thy Neighbor. And so I had to be reoccurring. But each time I would go back, it was as if the characters had really become those people. Oh, wow. Ted Knight was hysterical. He said, hello, Joyce. He said, would you like to see my new dressing room? They <laughs> decorated it really nicely. <laughs> it was just I don't know, they were, they were terrific. Valerie was always so warm and loving, and Betty was a riot. Mm-hmm. Betty, Betty White always said about me, Joyce can tell a dirty joke and it comes out like a nursery rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: you know, so I, funny. I you know i i I know Ed Asner a little bit, and uh you know out here in los angeles and he said uh, he said about Ted Knight that he was the funniest guy off camera he had ever met I mean that, that what you had said that Ted was funny and and that just reminded me of what Ed Asner said, who played Lou Grant on the show, that he thought Ted Knight uh, as Ted Baxter or just as himself, was absolutely hysterical all the time Excuse
1: me, he really was. Excuse me, one second, I'll ask the call. Sure, that's okay. <laughs> um, he also, I played tennis with him. We lived across the street from him at one point.
0: I mean, she was she was always sort of the the glue that I've always read that sort of kept it together. Obviously, it was she was the star and it was her show. And uh, you do you have any sort of personal recollections of that? Or, or and then we'll get to you know Helen Hunt, who as a as a teenager played your daughter. Yeah, yeah. is uh, Well, Mary, you know, she
1: was very involved in in Mary, and um, she was. Very friendly and and, uh, and I mean she was friendly, but she also had an air of coolness about her mm, okay. that was hard for me co- coming and going. You know, right, we right. both had children, uh, boys, and mm-hmm. we talked about that often. And then I was so sad when her son died.
0: Yeah, um, right.
1: She's had a very difficult life, you know. Yeah. She really has. Yeah. And yet she's brought a lot of joy to people in there. In their home. hmm
0: That's true. And Helen Hunt played your daughter. Uh, she
1: was
0: just a little girl. Yeah, little girl. Yeah. When I when I see those, you know the. Uh, the uh the repeats of that show every once in a while I catch it and you're right, she's just so young and then she became this sort of megastar in the nineties, you yes. know, in the early two thousands. Did you ever think that that did you see inklings of that when you went or was she just sort of a a child actress, you know, showing up to play your daughter? Did you ever see that
1: that's about
0: it, I'm afraid. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's about it. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hey, you know, I, I saw that you danced with Fred Astaire. I, I couldn't believe that. Exactly. I
1: mean,
0: yeah. wow, what was that? I mean, I uh, tell me about that experience.
1: Well, I I got a call. I was doing the Perry Mason show. Mm-hmm. I was on the set, and I got a call from my agent, and he said, uh, Joyce Hyatt, Ron, listen, how would you like to do a show with Fred Astaire? And I said, Ron, listen, I'm right in the middle of a scene. I got off of a minute... I just have a minute break now. What did you really want? He said, "Do you want to do a show with Fred Fair? I said, "Bum, stop fooling around! I gotta get back to work." He said, "I guess you're not interested, even if you get to dance with him." Oh. I said, "Are you kidding me?" Wow! <laughs> As a little girl, my mother used to take me to all of Fred Astaire movies when she could, mm-hmm. and I idolized. I just had a dream that he would be picking me up in my chiffon dress and we'd be floating (laughs) in the ballroom. And you know what we did?
0: Wow. Wow. twist. You did the twist? twist. Oh no. Oh no.
1: Well. That's what I had in mind.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's really funny. That's great. I, uh, I interviewed him about 40 years ago. This last July, he was the first interview I ever did in, uh, you know, in Beverly Hills. He li- had a little office on Brighton Way, and he he did a little dance step. He was sitting in a chair, and he kind of did a little dance step for us, which I, I was is a kind of a memorable treat for me to this day. I, I you know I didn't do the twist with him. I, I don't. I can't brag about that. But
1: well, well, not even doing the twist, I had to him because he said
0: incredible you were you were his dance teacher that is absolutely amazing that's so great was that a special i guess he was doing i don't know what maybe for nbc back then or something uh well
1: it was the show i was doing uh was an alcoa present
0: oh okay Do
1: you know who the host was who oh no not that show that was another show i did no Mm -hmm. sorry Wrong show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. They all sort of blend
0: together after a while. Yeah, no, I would imagine. Especially your career. It's been so, you know, huge. There've been so many highlights and, and uh, you know, parts of it. And uh, yeah, I mean it was you know, your book, uh My Four Hollywood Husbands kinda intimates it, you know, that you went through some some tough times. I know you kind of spoke about being a foster uh, kid, and and there's a a highlight of the book that you had a sort of a fairy tale life starting out with James MacArthur and and his uh, mother Helen Hayes, the great you know first lady yeah. of the theater. But then it it turned into sort of something not so great. What was that all I about? Have... What happened? Well, it's all
1: about alcohol and how that really can ruin a relationship and a family, Mm -hmm. and that was the book, the intent of the book was not to at all, you know, hang out dirty laundry, but to help people understand because I, alcoholism is a disease, and I fed into that disease, Mm -hmm. being a codependent person. I had learned then
0: that I was contributing to my husband's diseases. Yeah, yeah, which is, I think, something that a lot of people do. And, uh, you know, back then when you were married to uh, James MacArthur, it was these, co you know, Codependents Anonymous or Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, you y- know, Children of Alcoholics, all the ACOA programs really didn't, I don't think, exist in the way they do now. So there might not have been you know, a lot of places you could have gone to really, you know, sort of learn about this and to sort of fix it as far as you were concerned, you know, and to, to yeah. deal with it. So, yeah. But I I learned a lot
1: along the
0: way, I think. And I, and I hope this book helps other people. Yeah, yeah. It says that um, you... you what, what was it like traveling with... Well, really, what was Helen Hayes like? Uh, you know, I mean... <laughs> it's
1: funny. Victoria um, ah, Broadway, yeah, on Broadway, right. Victoria Regina, and she has, she has Oscars, an Oscar for the sin of Madeline Yeah, and
0: yeah.
1: Um, she was an extraordinary actress, mm-hmm. but, you know, once television comes along, that's what people remember you for. I yeah. remember I did Broadway and off-Broadway, and then I did a, a Love and Spoonfuls commercial oh, for
0: wow. cat food. and mm-hmm. that's how people would say, "Oh, there's a lady in the cat food." Commercial. Oh man, man. <laughs> well, how did you feel about that too? And well, I mean, you you won a theater world award, and you were an accomplished actress, but then you know you you do some weird little commercial that got national exposure, and then that's what. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you? I guess you you have to take that in stride, and you just have to say, "Hey, it's work, and it's of a paycheck." You did. Yeah. You just, you
1: just
0: laugh all the way to the bank. To <laughs> yeah, as Liberace used to say. Yeah, that's true. You you also mentioned um, in in the book there, you had some sort of a you know kind of a, a me too moment before me too was ever uh, you know a thing with anyone uh on the match game you said that not every person on the match game not every guy was a gentleman uh what was uh what was that yeah i mean that that was kind of a freewheeling nutty thing that match game But you're
1: gonna have to read the book for that one ah
0: okay <laughs> okay all right not all stories can be told yeah yeah
1: exactly yeah
0: okay um you know what what happened when you were a, you were a you felt lost as a little girl and and you mentioned that you know you you sort of you know came around and that's how you got the acting bug making people you know your 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 fellow foster children you know feel good about yeah. themselves and all that what 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 happened were you um adopted how long were you in the foster system and when did you get out
1: well, I was. it was when my mother and father were divorced,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, my mother had to go to work. She was too proud to to take money, I guess. I'm not exactly sure. Okay. Um, but my grandmother worked, and my aunt Billy worked, so I couldn't live with them. Mm-hmm. So I was put into what I thought at the time was an Episcopal girl's school, mm-hmm. but I was only six and a half or seven. I was the youngest girl there. And it wasn't. I found out later when I went to look for it in Baltimore, Maryland. It it wasn't a girl's school. It was an orphanage, oh. and uh, we went to school from the orphanage. It was it was a big old scary, um, like haunted house. To me, it was very gothic. Oh. Um, but you know, I was lucky that they could take me, and um, it was a. A group of Episcopal ladies started the school, mm-hmm. or the orphanage, and now it's called St. Paul's School in Baltimore. And it that old Gothic house isn't even there anymore, but it's a beautiful campus out in the country, and it's quite a swell prep school. And uh, is no longer. But when I went there looking for it, they said, "Oh, yes, that was St. Paul's." Um, School, that was an orphanage that Episcopal Ladies started for for girls, wow. and I said, really? I had no idea, but one thing I did that helped a lot there was having a, a great faith in something greater than I was, that right. was looking after me,
0: mm-hmm. and I think that
1: that followed me all through my life.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's a nice a nice thing to impart, you know, the the higher yeah. being or whatever, you know, it's it's always good. It's always good yeah. to have that. How how would you say television has changed in the, you know, since when you started back. I I think maybe were you in the late 50s you did some TV work and then all the way? Uh, yeah. I mean, you it saw ev- every you did everything. I mean, you were in the Virginian, you were in the you episodic just TV. You name it, you
1: just name it. I did it all. <laughs> I know
0: you totally did. <laughs> Do you find it, yeah, it really is. I mean, your track record is amazing. I mean, is there any, uh, you know, any kind of uh, wisdom that you can impart as far as how it's changed? And, uh, you know, is it for the better?
1: I think one of the sad things um, is that they do this videotaping. Even you can videotape yourself and, and send in an audition. Mm-hmm. And whereas when I was working, you went in and you met the director. Yeah. And, um, and he, he and, the, and the writer and a few people, and you could read the scene and do it with another actor mm-hmm. and um, get your timing correctly. Mm-hmm. And, and then if, if they wanted something done a little differently, a different reading, they would tell you, and then you'd do it differently and they could see whether you took direction uh whether you would be good as a character because you were working with another actor and not a video camera person right uh, they learned if you had correct timing they matched up actors and actresses who had a, a a nice connection with each other um and you know now they don't do it. you you know, It's very difficult. It's very difficult for me to go in and just look at a camera and, yeah. and pretend it's a person and yeah. act with them.
0: And I and I
1: think it's a shame because I think they they miss a lot of good performers because they don't they don't see them in action. Right. Like they they're not talking to them.
0: Yeah. There's no give but, and take. Yeah. Right. Exactly. No. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that seems to be, yeah, that's very, I, I guess it's maybe a way for a lot of these, you know, showrunners or whatever to cut down, you know, they get all these things in and then they can just say yes, no, no, yes, no, yes, yes, no, whatever, and bring in people that they like. But but you're right, right. some of the people that they might, you know, uh, say no to would be fantastic if they came in and did a little bit of a live scene, so they'll that's never know right. that. But, yeah. That's very funny.
1: One time, I mean, there are all these near-miss things, but one time I went in to do a reading for a new show and they laughed and they laughed. My gosh, it was for the director and the producer and everybody's writers.
0: And they were laughing and
1: I thought, boy, I sure got that one.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, whoa. And um, I walked out and my agent called and he said, they loved you. They thought you were fantastic. But they just didn't believe that you were the type that would go off and leave your your children. um, They're they're going to give the role. They're going to give the role to uh, Connie Stevens. But they're going to give her every one of your line
0: readings. No. it's like you 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 know you helped Connie Stevens get a role that she didn't even know she was up for or gonna get or something. Oh brother! <laughs> well, speaking yeah. of that, it's a good segue into the uh, the Brady Bunch thing. You were the original uh, mother in in uh, the Brady Bunch, and then I think Florence I, Henderson obviously know. got that. Yeah, what was that all about? You would have been fantastic, I think, in that role. Oh but. well, thank you. It would have
1: been a very different show, and obviously. Uh, what they wanted, they got, and they was very successful, and Florence was a lovely, lovely lady and mm-hmm. friend. Mm-hmm. And um, so there were no hard feelings, but a confusion like crazy because the little girls were all uh, cats to look like me, and uh-huh. the husband. Uh, I did screen tests with different husbands. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so it was all said And I went for two weeks. I did wardrobing They uh, took me out to all the signage stores. The limousine drove up in the morning with the costumer, and we went out and picked up all the clothes. And then, excuse me, Friday before we were going to shoot, I was showing the director and the producer the wardrobe, and they were acting very peculiarly. I'd show them something, and they'd say, nothing. (laughs) They wouldn't say, what about a different color? What about a scarf? Which they always do. They never say, okay. So the third outfit, I came out, I said, is something wrong? And they said, sit down a minute. They said, ABC in New York, um, Marty Starter wants Florence Henderson for the role. That she all of a sudden became available. Uh. And I just had my mouth, you know, fell open. But I said, oh, and he said, "Um, we want you and we're fighting for you because... We want the Lucy show, and if she does it, it's the Donna Reed show, but we've written it like the Lucy show. Uh-huh. And we'll have to even get a new, um, we'll have to get a new housekeeper who will have to be the funny one. Uh-huh. And uh, so that's what happened.
0: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, they got B. Davis as the the goofy housekeeper, and they I guess they to- totally had to reinvent that show then. I mean...
1: Oh yeah, they did. Wow. They did. Wow. But well, it's okay. It worked. And then later, I worked for Sherwood. Schwartz. I did a, mm-hmm. a children's morning program with her Edelman, and that was fun. But it wasn't the same. It was just a uh, you know a short lived. Right. But it was it was fun,
0: oh. and he kept his word this is the next show i do you're going to be and i was <will. laughs> oh, that's great what um uh, what was your would you say is your your favorite show business moment in, in being cast in a show or a role uh you know through your, your long career what, Is there anything that stands out that that is just really precious and that you love more than anything else uh being a part of
1: I always wanted to play Molly Brown in The Unthinkable Molly Brown. Oh,
0: really? Wow.
1: Yeah, that was great. I had seen it opening night on Broadway with Mm -hmm. Tammy Grimes. Yes. When I was at the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I said, someday I'm going to get to do that role. I just identified with it so much. Mm -hmm. First of all, I'm dyslexic, Mm -hmm. and she has that wonderful song about I'm going to learn to read and write. Right. And she was... A determined little cuss, and I guess I was <laughs> and so when I got to do it, I was thrilled. I did it for a whole summer in Kansas City,
0: oh wow, um,
1: I had more fun, and um so i i I think those moments on stage were really mm-hmm. pretty perfect for me,
0: yeah, oh boy, that's great, and yeah, Debbie Reynolds was sort of she made the movie as I you know the like the good movie mm-hmm. with uh, you know, with Harve Presnell I think was her husband in that. But
1: right. very, very yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, that's so great. Whoops. Perfect perfect song
1: in that um, you know, I'll smile if you say me glad. Mm-hmm. I'll cry if you want me sad. Well that's a perfect
0: a codependent song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of is. It kind of <laughs> is. Yeah, it's like kind of an anthem, you know. That is, that's very right. funny. Oh, yeah. is there anything you would say? This is our, our probably our, our last question. I know you have to go. Um, what would you? What advice would you impart to any? Young actor or actress trying to get into the business now? Would you say, from your your long and varied experience in in every venue of show business, is there any any kind of advice or you know wise words that you could give someone that's just starting out that maybe held you in good stead during your career?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have something you can fall back on Ah. make sure you get a good education Mm -hmm. because everything you learn will help you in your acting and also learn technique. Mm. you know learn learn your craft Mm -hmm. and also appreciate everyone that is working behind the scenes because they're the ones that making you look great
0: and appreciate
1: and be thankful for what they do
0: yeah, boy, that's wonderful. That's a that's a really nice, smart sentiment to end on. I think that's great. Is Is there anything you're doing right now? Any uh, last kind of thing that you want to say? Anything coming up for you? Or
1: well, I'm uh, working a lot on the book, doing book tours and mm-hmm. speaking, and also um, I have people who want me to do a stand-up act, which is really funny. Wow, they want to work on. It. They think my life experiences are so funny. <laughs> All <laughs> yeah. the problems I get into. Oh, boy. And, uh,
0: so that,
1: and I, I'm writing a lot also.
0: Okay. Oh, great. So maybe we'll see I a wonder, follow-up volume to uh, my four Hollywood husbands or something at uh, some well, future date. you day.
1: know, I went to, my husband just passed away. Oh, sorry my to hear wonderful that. Roger, mm-hmm. And it was quite a wonderful experience, and um, I got to take care of him mm-hmm. and help him do the through the transition. Mm-hmm. And um, I would like to write a book called "I Loved Him to Death" ah. because how I was able to help him through that transition. Mm-hmm. It was very spiritual. It was very. I was very grateful, mm-hmm. and I thought I wanted to die for. The month after he passed away, I I just wanted to go where he was and mm-hmm. with the rest of the world. Yeah. But overcoming that, and I thought it might help other people writing about it.
0: Well, that's I think that's great. Yeah, I'm sure it would. No, that's uh, that's nice. That's very good. Yeah. Well, Joyce, thanks so much for being on the podcast today, and we wish <laughs> and you and all ending the best. On that happy
1: note. Ending on that
0: happy note. <laughs> well, you know it's. A, it's a <laughs> It's a hopeful note, I think. It's a good note to end on, you know? I mean, we're all going to be in that position. I mean, there's no getting out of that. So and I, I was so grateful. I just walk in
1: gratefulness every step.
0: Yeah, that's this. good. That's great. No, that's wonderful to hear. Joyce, thanks so much for being on, and uh, best of luck uh, in your future endeavors, as they say.
1: So.
0: Well, that's so kind. Thank you so
1: much. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: You've been listening to the Modern Times Magazine Hooray for a Hollywood podcast starring Tom Johnson. To reach Tom, visit ModernTimesMagazine.com and click on Contact Us.